Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Connections Director. We are so glad to have you here with us, and if you're online, a welcome to you as well. If you are newer to Faithbrook, we would love a chance to connect with you. So please grab one of these blue connection cards from the seat pocket in front of you. Fill it out and drop it in the giving box on your way out. Or if you want to, you can go to faithbrook.church forward slash connect. And I personally will follow up with you as well as other staff members. We look forward to getting to know you better. Well, a great way for you to connect is this Wednesday, July 19th, we will be having our Summer Splash event. It's gonna be a blast. We have a huge inflatable bubble pit. Uh, we have water guns and water balloon challenges for families, as well as lots of other fun games. So we hope that you can join us. We'll have burgers available and ice cream, um, and all of our donations that we'll be collecting for this event will be going towards supporting our missions trip to the Amazon this coming spring of 24. So we hope that you can join us. Please register so that we can get our appropriate foods and fun uh, planned. You can do that on our Church Center app, or you can go to our website under events. We look forward to diving into a whole bunch of fun with you. Let's now welcome Jim Comfort as we continue our series, H2O. 35 years ago, the fetching Mrs. Comfort and I were going on our honeymoon. Uh, my wife had always had a dream of touring around the New England states and making our way up to Bangor, uh, Maine. Anybody ever been to Bangor, Maine? A beautiful spot. We flew into Boston, rented a car, and she kind of mapped out, had some reservations at different bed and breakfasts and some motel things, and it was going to be a great time, and it was, and we set off for that adventure. I don't know, it was maybe on a second or third night, uh, we had reservations at this little mom and pop motel somewhere up in Vermont or, or someplace. And uh, we drove in there and they welcomed us and it's good to have you. We got your room all set for you. It's nice and clean, but there's a little uh, bit of a problem is that the city's having some problems with their water. Uh, there's a little bit of a pro there's a, the water you're going to find is a little stain. It's kind of have a, a brown tint to it. We hope that's okay. The officials tell us that, you know, you can shower and brush your teeth, but probably don't drink the water, but it's, everything's okay and your room's right over here. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, my wife didn't take really uh, happy with that, right? Some of you might be thinking, yuck, right? She's, and she's like, I'm not going to be taking no shower in some dirty water, stained brown water kind of thing. And the whole time, she's just kind of like, let's get this done and stay here and get out of here. Uh, needless to say, it kind of soured the mood, uh, especially that experience. And I found out real quick that the quality and purity of water make a difference. Well, welcome to our series H2O. It's all about this water um, that we are looking in the Bible. There's a lot of teachings that have to do with H2O, a lot of concepts. And uh, we had just kind of started this month. I want to welcome you. If you're watching online, welcome. This is your first time, second time at Faithbrook. I know it can be kind of awkward, uh, but we hope that you are feeling great and comfortable because we are looking at these concepts and teachings of H2O in the Bible to help us grow closer to God, to maybe understand him better. <clears throat> and that's where we've been going. And there's so many references of H2O in the water uh, that we see Jesus speaking a lot about water. One of the most famous places is in John 7, where he said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I'm going to give you living water, ever water. 
Now, the context there in John 7, we learned a couple of weeks ago, that it is in a high-stress environment. There's a festival going on, and everyone is up in roar about who Jesus is. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of debates, voices everywhere, the backdrop of this festival. There are vendors and barkers, and, and there's a lot of a buzz going on, and Jesus in the midst of them. And all of a sudden... He just stands up and, and calls this out. Come to me, anyone who's thirsty, and let them drink. In other words, he's just cutting through all the noise, all the, the stress and the debate, because he knows the state of man's souls. That even though we, we might have an outer and we have all kinds of noise and, and things in our life, but there's something empty inside of us, and he offers a quenching for our thirsty Soul kind of reminds us uh, of this cup. You know, everyone has a shell of themselves. A lot of times we have it all together. We got a great experience, uh, 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 um, uh, a look to us, right? But inside, where the deepest things of our soul, there's a hole, there's a vacuum. It's the, the God hole. And a lot of times we do not allow God to fill it up. And Jesus is like, come to me. All who are realizing, you know, I need more in my life than just the outer just my accomplishments and more my appearance. There has to be something maybe that's deeper, richer in my heart that, that quenches my deepest desires of, of something that loves me unconditionally and cares for me. And God wants to fill our life. And one of the ways we do that is, is realizing that we need this filling, that we might have some pollutants, we might have some um, irritants against God, sins against God, and we need him to to forgive us and, and cleanse us. And we see in John, 1 John 1, 9, one of my favorite verses, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all the unrighteousness, to be pure for his blood atones. The writer in Hebrews 9 says, how much more would the blood of Christ cleanse us our consciousness from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Sometimes we really know that we are not clean inside. Just the Holy Spirit, God reveals to us and we need a cleansing. We need a purification. We need his atoning blood to cover and forgive our sins. And when we say yes to Jesus, come into my life, he comes and quenches our, our soul, our thirst and we are made clean, and we are made righteous, and we are made whole. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. He's, he, Jesus doesn't just change our outer, okay? But he starts from the inside, that the new life the new love of Christ lives within us. People can say what they want on the outside, but we know that we are clean and new in Christ. We've been atoned. We've been made a child of Christ and a new life begins. But my friends, I would suggest to you that a lot of times we can easily pollute what has been purified. We can easily pollute what has been purified. 
Last week, Pastor Eric was sharing about how a lot of times we can be deceived of things that look good, that look like water. He, he used the analogy of somebody that is desperately thirsty walking in a dry, hot desert, and their eyes start playing tricks on them, and with the heat and the sun, and pretty soon they look out over the horizon, and they see these pools of water. Surely that's where I need to go. Surely that's going to quench my thirst. And what it is is a mirage. And he talked about the Solomon in the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes. Solomon had it all. He chased everything the world had for him. Women, money, fame, power, success. He had it all. And for 12 chapters, he talks about reflecting on all his adventures, all his accomplishments, all his fame. And through his life, he realizes it's all meaningless. It's not going to last. And the very last verses of Ecclesiastes is, you know what really lasts? You know what really counts? It's keeping our eyes on God, focusing on obeying God. That's what's really going to quench us. That's what's really going to, uh, to last for long. But a lot of times we don't realize this, that our soul is thirsty and our soul can easily be polluted. I ran across an article the other day, AP Story, about an environmentalist group in Montana that was suing the Montana Department of Resources. They claimed that the Montana state was not doing enough to protect and take care of their precious streams and rivers that flow through one of the most beautiful states in America. Do you realize that, that Montana has over 60,000 miles of rivers and streams. And they claimed that the state was kind of loosening up some of their parameters and laws. And so uh, there's pollutants and contaminants that were flowing into these precious, beautiful rivers. Some of it was just maybe coming from industrial plants, maybe even some sewage plants. Uh, you never know. There's some fertilizers or even they claimed even animal waste was seeping into these rivers. And they claimed that they, that they didn't do a better job of protecting that it could contaminate and stain and pollute these rivers. They noted that it wasn't just for their state, that these 60,000 miles of streams also ran into other neighboring states. Kind of reminds us of our own life, right? It's just not all about us, what's allowing in our life, but it's also going to flow into other people around us. Now, some people say, hey, you, you, you're just making a bit too big a deal of this, right? We don't, we don't need to really hammer down and, and all kinds of uber laws on these, um, these pollutants, right? You know, the, the environment's going to take care of itself. You know, it'll clean itself up. Just relax. You're just overreacting, right? Some people are like, oh, well, maybe, well, maybe we do need a couple of guidelines here. Maybe we do need some, uh, some laws and some... And, guardrails for these pollutants coming into these rivers. I would suggest that can also happen in our souls. Before we know it, what has been purified can easily be polluted. I think this was the heart of the Apostle Paul when he was writing to the baby church of Corinthians in the second book of Corinth in chapter 7, when he's trying to have them understand about their hearts need to stay pure because it's easy to be purified uh, it's easy to be polluted what is purified. He wrote to them in this verse in chapter 7. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence of God. 
Now, anytime you see in the Bible, therefore, you have to understand that they've just been talking about something and to collect that information, therefore, you're hearing all these. Well, Paul was saying, hey, I just spent six chapters telling you about the promises of God, the, the goodness of God. Starting with chapter one of 2 Corinthians, just about the God of comfort. Many people have suffered. Many people are suffering. Do we have a God who is with us? Is he the goodness of God that helps us process and comforts us in our worst times? He goes on and talks about the promises of heaven, that because Jesus rose from the dead, we also are going to have a resurrection, that there is a heaven that is in store for us. He, he talks about how God can renew us, even though our bodies are wasting away, even though our bodies are breaking down. Amen. For some older people, right? We, our spirits can be renewed. And he continues on about the power of the Holy Spirit. He talks about this new life. The old is gone. The new has come. And so he wraps us all up in six chapters. And then he lands with this verse right here. Therefore, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, he talks to them as friends. He's not judging them and, and hammering them. He says, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. The body and spirit. And spirit contaminates, completes the spirit, the body. I, I've noticed through the years that young mothers really understand this, this value of not contaminating their bodies, especially uh, their babies, uh, what they put in their bodies, what they allow in their, their kids' mouths and bodies. There's this huge trend out there that any kind of groceries and products needs to be organic, right? It has to be uh, natural, maybe homopathic, right? Because we don't want anything to contaminate uh, our babies and our kids. And so they, they're very vigilant on making sure nothing pollutes what has been purified, what is precious. And they'll go out of their ways. But Paul also says, man, make sure it doesn't pollute the spirit. Well, how can toxins and pollutants contaminate our spirit and our soul? Could I uh, give you maybe a suggestion of, of hurt? Uh, somewhere, probably, maybe someone has said something to you. Maybe an institution has done something to you, and you just kind of hang on to that. And before you know it, you're kind of letting that pollute your joy, pollute your soul. It's hard to let it go. And before you know it, you, you get a little bit of bitter. Your, your heart gets a little crunchy. You get a little bit irritant because you've let it kind of saturate and contaminate something that is good and been purified your soul. I've noticed a lot of times what can easily get into our soul is just this chasing of things. We, we have a fear we're going to miss out, man. And we got we to gotta be going and blowing and doing this because if we don't, before we know it, man, our, our soul is getting tired. It's getting kind of contaminated because things are leaking into our soul. We, we look at other people and we compare ourselves and, lo, look how successful they are. And they got to go there. And, honey, we got to do this and we got to spend that money and, and we got to keep up with everybody. And, and we, before we know it, it's just getting a little bit stained. It's just getting a little bit darker. We're just going so fast, doing so much because of our insecurities and comparison. And there's the evil one. 
He always wants to trip us up. He's always going to be throw some temptation. You think about all the, the inappropriate sexual allurement out there. There's always something you can watch. Before you know it, you're getting entangled in that. You're getting maybe addicted to that. It's breaking down your soul. It's contaminating your soul. It's, it's flowing into your relationships and your family life. You know it's getting dark. You know it's getting contaminated, right? And these things can easily flow into our soul. You can bring up pride. You can bring up stubbornness. Before you know, your, your heart is getting hard. And, and what the devil likes to do is help us not to see it, not to recognize that maybe what has been purified is getting polluted. If we're not careful, it can be hard. It can be strained and, and stained. I, 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 I think about uh, a lake I used to go fishing on. Uh, some of you might know that one of my hobbies is, is fishing. I really call it my therapy, right? Just to get out there and, and get alone maybe and shoot for some bass, right? And there was a local lake that when I first moved here, I'd get my little boat out there for a couple of hours. It's really easy to get to and get back. And man, it was, it was beautiful and clean. There's a lot of lily pads and I caught some big fish, or at least I thought I did, right? And it was not many weeds and it was wonderful. But through the years, it, it just kind of started getting dirtier, uh, the, the weeds and the milfoil started growing and entangling uh, things. And then there was these algae and, and then these nasty looking algae blooms. They're like these big, ugly green clouds floating around you. You throw your lure out there and bring it back. And there's just a big slimy thing on it. And, and it was just gooey and just kind of kind of clogged up. Not to mention there seemed to be less fish. And pretty soon I kind of gave up on the lake. I just said, I'm not I'm going somewhere else. It's just too dirty. It's too clogged with all these weeds. And, and I thought that was strange. Uh, why, why was a lake maybe 10, 15 years ago much better than now? I d- didn't understand it. And I was asking a local and they said, well, uh, I know the lake you're talking about. He says, do you notice all the backyards that are butted up against that lake around that lake? I was like, oh, yeah. He says, yeah, see the color of the grass? I was like, yeah, it's, it's all green. It's all beautiful backyards because they all have lawn services. And through the years, that fertilizer they put on that grass, little bit by little bit, trickles into the lake. And when the heat and the, and the environment, the ecosystem, it just messes it up and it just uh, infuses those weeds and uh, breeds all that algae and, and moss, right? And just covers, and that's what's happening over a little bit by little bit. So now... Over the years, it's even uh, hard to go and fish on it. My friends, could that happen to our souls? Could that happen in our mind? That little bit by little bit, we let these contaminants and pollutants trickle into our soul? Uh, Do we have any filters? Do we have any boundaries? When's the last time, if we claim that we are Christians, that we have some personal convictions that what we watch, what we, what we listen to, what we read, who we follow could help our soul and our spirit, or maybe it drains it, maybe maybe pollutants, pollutes it? Do we have some boundaries that we have to put in place that would keep our heart pure? Because a lot of times what is purified can easily be polluted. But I would claim that a lot of times we can justify some of the stuff that we are allowing into our life, our eyes, our ears, as, hey, come on now, that's good entertainment. That's kind of fun. Uh, Why would you restrict yourself? It's kind of like the people in that little town in New England that said, hey, the water's okay. It's not going to kill you, right? You can use it to wash and and bathe. And, uh, you know, it's just a little tinted, right? It's just a little brown. You can get over that, right? 
most normal people and say, I don't care how tinted it is. I'm not going to drink that stuff and get under that stuff, right? And that's what we do in our life. We allow certain things to seep in because we don't have personal convictions. We don't have personal boundaries like, yeah, that's probably not good for me personally. I remember when I was younger, before I was in the ministry, I realized if I was going to be serious about being a Christ follower, there were going to have to be some personal convictions, some boundaries I was going to have to put in my life because there was all kinds of temptations and options coming for my mind, coming for my soul. And there were plenty of times where I explored and plenty of times where I, where I uh, entered in. And I was like, whoa, that, that thing's kind of toxic. That, that's not meeting, meeting my Jesus, right? So what are the things I'm going to do and I'm not going to do? And so through my life, it's like, you know, it's like, for instance, certain movies that, that I, I just know what they are. And I, I'm not going to that. I, I cannot go to that. My friends can go to that and they have no problem with it. But I know between me and my Jesus, that's not good for my soul. I, I'm not going to listen to that song. I'm not going to hang out with those friends. I'm not going to uh, uh, interact in that kind of entertainment because I know that that's not going to honor Christ. And it's going to slowly stain my soul and pollute my soul. And some people, ah, oh, you're just a fuddy-duddy, a prude. You're just missing out in life. I know. But see, somewhere in my life, I had to make a decision. Am I going to follow fun? Am I going to follow me and what gratifies me and what the world is like? Hey, am I going to honor God? And am I going to live for God? And if I'm going to live for God, then I have to have some personal boundaries. My boundaries, my convictions might not be your convictions, right? But somewhere we have to wrestle that down. Then it became apparent, right? And I got all these devices and all these streaming coming into my world and my family and turn that stuff off and the languages and the things they're seeing. And I'm like, whoa, do I want that for my kids? And God asked me to step up and say, you kind of got to be the filter. You, you got to be the one that protects your kids. And they have a soul. They have a mind. What are they watching? What are they reading, right? And before you know it, I'm having to set some boundaries to say, no, that, that's not going to be allowed. Well, what's wrong with you, dad? Everybody else is watching that. Remember, you know, I love you enough. I love you enough and I love your heart for eternity. That if I have to be the bad guy, if I have to say, no, we're not going to do that in our house, I'm sorry that I'm willing to do that because what has been purified can easily be polluted. And God wants us to purify. That's why Paul is saying to these Corinthian Christians, let us purify ourselves from everything that can contaminate the body and also the soul. And then he kind of concludes it this way. Here's what we need to do. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And this is where he gets a little sticky, a little bit intimidated because these words, holiness, man, that, that's kind of a mystery. That's a big kind of complicated word. We're not even sure what holiness means, right? Uh, if you're a theologian, a technical, educated person, he's like, oh, Holiness means being set aside. Something is set aside to be holy. And so many of you are like, oh, Jim, you're, you're one of those people. You're a pastor, clergy. You're set aside. You be holy, man. Don't let us down. And the priest down the street, right, he is holy, right? And certain things are holy, set apart for God's purpose. But when Jesus came on the scene, he realized that it's not just the clergy. It's just not the priest or the tabernacle. All who have asked Christ to come into their life are now made holy. We are now the ambassadors. We are now the children of God. We are now the representatives of God to live holy before him. If you want to put it in practical terms, you would say that holiness today is living like Christ. It's a Christ-like attitude. It's a Christ-like lifestyle to be holy for him. And so here Paul says to perfect holiness 
holiness. Now, per, per, the word perfection kind of intimidates us, right? What are you talking about? perfecting holiness. Can you be perfect? I don't know about that, but the word there, the the Greek epitileo, means to strive to complete. Epitileo means an attitude to do your very best to complete something, perfecting something. It's, It's kind of, if you think about an athlete in training, it's epitileo. They are striving for a competition. Uh, you take, for instance, runner. Someone says, um, in fact, my niece the other day said, you know, I'm going to try to run a 5K or a half a marathon. I'm like, you're crazy, right? She says, I think I can do it, Uncle Jim, because I'm going to go on training, right? And there's a process. And so she is epitalo, striving, protecting to, to get through that, that half of a marathon uh, to complete it. This is the, the attitude that Christ is looking for. See, God is not looking for perfect performance. He's looking for a perfect desire. He's looking for a perfect desire. Not so much perfect performance. In fact, if you're a parent, you kind of know this, what God is looking for here. You're not looking for straight A's, no mistakes kids. What you're looking for your kids from academic to uh, athletics is, are you doing your very best? Even this is in our home, right? It uh, happens with our 14-year-old uh, um, son. We know his, his, his epitalo, his attitude. For instance, we'll say, now, if you want your allowance, you've got to clean your room. Go in there and clean your room. And so, he, oh, here, I'm going to clean your room, you know? Like 30 seconds later, he comes back, and it's all clean. And we're like, oh, really? Is that really clean? Well, let's go check that out, right? Uh, have you given your best? Are you perfecting uh, your, your striving for best? Well, you know, he's like, well, move a couple things over there. Took a dirty T-shirt, threw it. Oh, missed the basket, right? And maybe if I move stuff from the lower bunk up to the higher bunk, right, my parents won't see that, right? Just kind of readjusts, rearranges things and says, that's good. I've cleaned it. We're like, no, son, let's give it another try. Now, if he perfects, he's trying, striving to do his best, we know the difference. You know the difference, right? Sure, there are some things he might have missed. Something fell down between something. Hey, you missed that. Or don't forget, over here, that needs to be over, over here. There, there are some miscues, but we know his heart. God knows our heart. And so here the apostle Paul saying, hey, man, things can be, you need to be purified. And so we need to do this. We need to strive to live like Christ with all of our heart to be set aside and live like Christ. Now, uh, Dr. George, welcome to Minnesota. And one of the things that are holy in this state is our lakes. Did you know that we have over 10,000 lakes in Minnesota and they're very valuable to us? We don't, we don't trash our lakes. We don't pollute our lakes. We do everything possible to keep them clean and pure. You would say that they are kind of holified. They are holy before uh, the, the civilians. And that's our hearts and our lives. We, God does not want us to pollute our souls. God does not want to take advantage, but to have some filters, to have some boundaries to say, yes, our heart and our desire is to live holy before you, to be like Christ. If our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, they would say, you know, I don't know Jesus exactly. I don't know what those churches are teaching and those steeples, but this person, if there was a person that lived like Jesus, man, you kind of resemble that. That's what he's looking for. And then he tacks on out of reverence before God. Reverence. In other words, God deserves it. 
God's authority deserves our honor, our time, our diligence. doesn't mean we have to fear and quake over God, but we have a respect and an honor before God. And when we are willing to do this, we will learn that purification leads to a perfect desire. Purification leads to a heart that wants to live for Christ, to let the water flow through us, not just to be filled by his atoning salvation and forgiveness. Amen, that's awesome. But we want to put our life in the river. We want to put our life fully in God's Holy Spirit, Father God and the Holy Spirit, that his effervescent, living, powerful love and security and purpose and fortitude flows through our life and is sunk down in full surrender and devotion to Christ. So how do we do this? If this is God's been maybe pinging on your heart to say, man, I need to live pure, I've had a heart that's been maybe contaminated. I want to have that pure water coming into my life, living in my water life that people can see that. Well, James gives us a little game plan here, how to be purified. He says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, somewhere we got to get serious about the condition of our heart. Is it contaminated? Is it polluted? And if so, he says, your job is to come near. Figure it out. Uh, uh, wash your hands, you sinners. In other words, own it. Uh, one of the first things that we realize to be purified is we have to confess. We have to realize, hey, maybe our water's a little stained. Uh, you know, the, the motel that we're staying in, yeah, that, that water's not pure. It's not super brown, but it's a little bit brown. And, and we have to confess, God, maybe I've been far from you. Maybe I've done some things that you're not pleased with. And you know, I'm walking around and, and my life looks pretty good, but inside, I know it's not right. I've sinned, I've hurt. I need to be whole. I need to be forgiven. And Jesus, I want you to forgive my sins. I want you to come into my life and wash away all my sins. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a water baptism. It's a symbol that God washes away our sins from the inside and we are made cured, but we have to confess the toxins. We have to identify the pollutants. Now, some of you, you, you might be uh, Christians, and you're doing your best to, to live for Jesus, but a lot of times you realize there's stuff seeping into your life. What you're watching, what you're entertaining, right? And somewhere we have to decide to have personal boundaries. Personal boundaries. My boundaries might be different than your boundaries, but somewhere we have to say, God, what are certain things I mean, I need to avoid? I need to turn it off. I just, I, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to go there. It's not for me. It's not what God wants me to do. That's, that's a huge responsibility for you. And thirdly, is you got to commit your life. Recommit your life. Because every day, the, the evil one wants to draw you away from God. Every time he wants to attract us with mirages and things that are going to deceive us and draw us away. And as often as possible, we got to resurrender our life. Sure, I resurrendered my life many years ago, but I know often I have to spend some time with God and say, God, here's my life. If you're going to do some incredible things through my life, I'm going to do more than I could ever imagine. The power, I'm going to have to plunge it into your river. I know my flesh, man, it doesn't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. And there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Jim, would you surrender your life and plunge it in? And the next thing you know, there's a joy 
there is a peace, there is a power, there's a confidence and say, this is awesome. God is running through my life because I have it fully surrendered to him. Pastor Taylor's gonna come out and sing a song and help us how we kind of close this. Give you a little time of reflection and prayer about where you're at. Maybe you need to confess and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I need you to come into my life. Maybe for the first time in a long time. You haven't really said yes to Jesus and say, I want to be saved. I want to put you in my heart. Maybe right now you need to kind of make an inventory of where you're at spiritually. Um, What are the things in your life that you need to continue? But some things you're like, "Mm, I probably need to stop doing that. Set some boundaries. And for some of us, maybe we need to rededicate our life. Say, God, it's just not about filling, but it's also about flowing through your love. Would you give God just five more minutes of your time this morning? I want to encourage you to bow your head. Um, the, David said in Psalms, he said, God created me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. How many of you here, God is calling you to have a pure heart? How many of God is, is asking you to have more of a consistent, steadfast spirit in him? Would you just make that decision this morning as he sings his song, let God work in your life. Our eyes are closed and we're just giving the Holy Spirit time to work in us. Maybe there's someone here watching online or in person that's realized their soul's been contaminated. They've kind of strayed from God and Today, by faith, they're asking God, they're confessing their sins. They're claiming that promise of God that he would be faithful and just to cleanse us from all our sins. And right now, by faith, say, Jesus, cleanse me from my sins. I'm going to be made new in you. I want to be a a follower of Christ. I will follow you. Amen. There might be some others here that realize, hey, I need to rededicate my life. I need to submerge my life to have that perfect striving, that that willingness, the desire to be holy, to be Christ-like. I I surrender and submerge my life in the Holy Spirit fully to entirely fill me. I want to do nothing, my very best to live for you. And there might be some Christians here to say, God, I know there's some things in my life that I need to be more diligent in setting some boundaries, putting some filters to say no, because they can easily pollute what has been purified. God, we're so thankful that you are a God of grace and a God of second chances, a power that can fill us. We know that you're working and will be working. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before we go, I just want to ask you to do uh, something that might help you spiritually. We have a red card in front of you. What's my next steps? And there might be someone uh, here today that said, you know what? I really said that prayer, Jim. I asked Christ to forgive me. I confessed to wash over me. And and I'd love for you to give us your name. Uh, And maybe today I decided. And the first box there is to follow Jesus for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. I've been away from God. Maybe I didn't know God, but I'm going to check that mark. Say yes 
to Jesus, my name here. I want you to know, Pastor, that I said I followed Jesus for the first time. Place that in our offering boxes on the way out. We're going to get that. The second box, you'll notice in that red card, recommitted my life to Jesus. I know it's going to be tough. I want to live for Jesus. And so I will be personally praying for you to have the courage and the fortitude uh, to continue to follow Jesus, fully devoted to him. And so you want to check that box, reconnected in my life. And on the way out, just drop that in an offering box. Uh, we have them in the lobby in here. And we're going to collect them. I'm going to collect them. And I'll be praying for you personally. And maybe reaching out to you for the first time to give you some tools, to give you some ways to grow and be successful spiritually. Well, again, thank you for worshiping with us online or in person. Why don't we all stand? Uh, If you don't know someone, maybe greet them, uh, introduce yourself. Have a great week. You're dismissed.